This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and I tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was loud places. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 23. I miss I misnumbered Weissman's episode as episode 23. Incorrect. You correctly numbered it, and oh. I went in with the 23. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, I really baited you into that correct into that <laughs> correction of my correction. Right, which made you sound so smart. <laughs> so smart. Yeah. No, Adam, you were right. You're oh, right all the time. Oh, my gosh. Was I? Gosh, thanks, William. But this is number 23. 23. Yeah, Shout man. out LeBron James. Shout out Michael Jordan. Shout out Jason Richardson. You know. <laughs> we were very lucky to appear on the If I Were You podcast, Jacob Amir's podcast, two or three weeks that ago. That was a wonderful experience. And we have retained a lot of new listeners. And if you are one of those listeners, welcome to the fun house welcome to the fun house or our just regular house right. thank you so much we really appreciate your subscription and we hope that you stick with us until forever right yes fun house fun house mirrors yeah fun house mirrors carnivals nightmares i'm into all that you like that stuff yeah you like going to carnival like carnivals in general yes and usually the cheaper the better yeah oh obviously you know big time yeah you I, want the cheap funnel cake yes yes mm-hmm um there was what was the San Gennaro feast? Oh man, down in the Lower East Side That's, of Manhattan. That was epic, and it wasn't so much a carnival as much as it was a street fair, That's right. where you could maybe go on a couple rides, but it was usually just a lot of authentic Italian food being sold on the streets. Absolutely. But if you turned down one block, like I did, because there was a little sign that said "Freak Show." Oh boy, you could potentially see a freak show. I love a little sign. It's just like just a little secret sign for those who are interested. Right. If you want to see it, you'll see it. If you're on Freak Watch, <laughs> if you're, you'll find the sign. If you're Freak Wincy, is that that same Freak Wincy? Wow. <laughs> Good. So tell me about the freak show. So I turned down that block, and I saw something that said "Snake Woman." <laughs> And I thought, those are two words. Yeah. I, and I come to think of it, I've seen a snake. <laughs> and, and I know a few women. But I've never seen a snake woman. <laughs> so I ponied up the $1, because that's what it costs. $1. $1. And I walked up this little staircase, and there was a decent line, like six to ten people. And no one seemed that excited about it. Yep. And I walked up, <laughs> and it was a woman's head. Yes. A real living, like, working woman's head. Okay. On its side, like, on, on its ear. Okay. Um, and that that head was surrounded by hay and distracting items. Okay. And then a fake snake tail was coming out of the, the back hay. of the head. Okay. So it was like a, in quotes snake. Right. In quotes woman. Woman. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she went hi. <laughs> and I bolted. <laughs> I was still freak. Hi. Her tone and sideways head. <laughs> Had actually freaked me out. It worked. No one was believing that there was a snake woman in that basket. They also said that they had the world's smallest horse and then they had a small donkey. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like a micro donkey or something? Like a micro ass? Dude, it was like a baby donkey. <laughs> That's it. That's Nothing what new. It. Petting zoo. It was just like because it was in Manhattan. They were like, this might freak some yeah. people out. Maybe they've never seen a horse before. Seriously. The fact that they just like, I mean, the snake woman is just like, pay a dollar and see a pile of talking hay. And I did. And you did. And it, and it sufficiently freaked you out. It freaked me all the way over to the world's smallest horse, <laughs> which then made me laugh, which then made me get a Zeppeli. That's because right. You might as well get some food while you're at the fair. San Gennaro. Yes. Um, we, I mean, the San Gennaro feast was that was like a new york city annual staple i want to say like summer time i think yeah. it was in the summer yeah um and my i lived in brooklyn for years and years up in williamsburg in a particularly italian like grand that like grand avenue stretch that was like super italian yeah like very they well. would shoot them i uh, would shoot uh, the sopranos there that's I right believe. they would shoot the sopranos and it was like very well shall we say connected mm -hmm. that neighborhood that particular block was mm -hmm. um so like the san Gennaro feast was like a thing specifically sure. there and uh this one time my roommate and best friend forever sean conway who you know and love 
we were uh, sort of walking up Graham Avenue and we ducked into this very, very unair conditioned, sad little ice cream shop. And it was around the time of the San Gennaro feast. And there was a morbidly obese woman sitting there holding court in this like swelteringly hot carpeted ice cream place. I just want a carpeted ice cream place. So it's a little weird. Right. Everything's a little weird. Right. Uh, so this woman was holding court. She was clearly like a neighborhood staple, had been there forever. And she was involved in this like heated debate with these other people who were talking about what they were going to do for the San Gennaro feast, how to properly do it. And she said a sentence that Sean and I say to each other all the time. She goes, she like stopped the conversation. It was a debate about some particular over like what cold cuts are like, you know, how much per shoot to have out. And she right. was like, oh, wait a minute. You don't tell me how to run a feast. <laughs> I've been running feasts for 25 years. You don't tell me how to run a feast. <laughs> run a feast. Can I tell you another detail about that story you may not remember? Oh, yes, please. I was there. You were there, Billy? <laughs> you were there? Oh, my God. I'm a fool. No, no, you no. were there? I was allowing you to tell that story oh, Billy. to the listeners at home and not to the listener in the room. Or Sean, I, maybe it's because Sean and I just like ping pong that line back and forth to each other all the time, but... You it, were there too. It, Sorry, it, Bill. It is so applicable to things outside of feasts. You don't tell me how to run a feast. When you're feeling challenged, you look someone in the eyes and you say, <laughs> you don't tell me how to run a feast. Who run. are you? Who are you? Exactly. God Just bless. The notion of running a feast. Yeah. Um, well, last night, um, I went to something. I went to a place that is basically like the San Gennaro feast or any sort of street fair on absolute steroids. Yes. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone there and continue to go there. The place is called Dave and Buster's. Ooh, baby, baby boy. This place is bananas, Adam. <laughs> yes. This place is ludicrous. I did, And this was your, we were just talking about this off air, but this was your first, I have only been to a Dave and Buster's one time yes. for probably like 90 minutes in Times Square. Right. So to me, it was just like the end, it was just basically like a Times Square extension. I thought it was the same. I thought it was going to be like a Buffalo Wild Wings, right. which is like flat screen televisions. Right. That's it. And like a sp- like a sports bar plus. Like, yeah, what right. were you expecting it to be, I guess? Buffalo Wild Wings, right. maybe a wall of video games, but not what I walked into. Which was what? Which was Vegas on acid. <laughs> so many games. And we'll get into it. Yes. We'll get into you it. You did say it's crazier than Vegas. And That's what you said, and you meant it. And I'm not joking. No. There, I told you earlier, there was a point where um, I was standing in an arcade section, and there was two different speakers pointing directly into the cones of my ears, playing two <laughs> different songs. I was also staring at a wall of games that were shouting things at me, directions on how to play, and dings and dongs and bings and bongs. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the loudest experience I've ever been in. And then I turned around, and there was a DJ setting up his turntables behind me. Gratuitous. Not now. Necessary. Not necessary, sir or ma'am. Right. There is already too much oral stimuli here. We're it's fine. Too much. We're fine. <laughs> but I walked into HeadGum today and I told you what I did last night and I said I got Dave and busted. Yeah, dude. And we decided that then we should probably talk about loud places. So that's our topic for today. I know that it sounds vague and weird, but it means something to us. Loud places, such right. as Dave and Buster's, such as the San Gennaro Feast, right. the entirety of New York City. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of loud places in the world. So this is the No Joke Podcast, and in it we like to talk about our previous experience, our current experience, and our future experiences with the topic. That's right. Today's topic is loud places. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a little kid, Yes, I played intramural soccer, which is local soccer, Yep. and then I was asked to play travel soccer, which meant I could leave Long Island with the same team and travel, you know, around the Northeast playing soccer. Yep. I was a goalie. And uh, when, I was, a goalie? when I when getting started and I would be very alert. Mm-hmm. I was good at the position. Mm-hmm. But when the ball started getting dribbled towards me and all of the parents on either sidelines would start screaming, I would plug my ears. Interesting. You, with your fingers? Physically plug my ears. No and my coaches had to work me out of that habit. How funny. Right. Because it just it was just too loud, too quick, and I just needed to shut it down. That's so interesting. Which doesn't help you when you're, you're a, goalie. a goalie because you need those fingers to block the soccer ball. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, what was it about the cacophony about the parents that sort of got you? You know, I imagine that it was just something where in when you need like stasis or you need a comfortable environment, and then suddenly things are out of your control and yeah. things are screaming and the ball's coming closer. It just might be sensory overload. Absolutely. And when you're six and seven, and you have that kind of responsibility, and you can look around and be like. Everyone cares so hard right now. Yes. And you're like a seven-year-old goalie who's about to get pelted with a ball. Seriously. <laughs> Plug your ears. It's cover pressure. your eyes. Hide. Yeah, hide. Hide <laughs> from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I too, was uh, was sort of intimidated or at least like – I mean, I guess no one likes loud <laughs> – 
Who likes loud, loud, play, loud things and loud noises? People I mean, maybe do. there are people, people who like chaos. Yeah. People who like to go to football games on Sundays as opposed to watching them on the television like loud places. Yeah. They like being around an environment. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, like, now that I think about it, I don't know. It feels like auditory stimulation is almost more distracting or like unnerving or cuts right to your psyche more than almost like visual stimulation or right. something. Like too many sounds and too much noise yes. is like so fundamentally off-putting and disorienting. You get Dave and busted. You get Dave and busted. I woke up with a busted hangover. You literally have a you have it an auditory hangover. That's right. You've been hearing too many things. Um one of the first things I learned about you I believe is that you went to a concert when you were a kid. You yes. want to take us through this? Yes, yes. Well, this was what I was going to say. This was my sort of first experience of like, oh, I don't like loud things. Mm. Um well, in addition to just sort of like being spooked by sort of fireworks, my parents would we would have a tradition where we would go to my uncle Mark's house where you've been up at the lake, yeah. the Adirondacks, and they would like shoot off fireworks from the beach, like and DIY fireworks. Now my my dog, when fireworks would go off, would run into the basement and hide next to the washing machine. So that's exactly what I would do. You would run into the basement and hide next to the washing machine. Not basement, but uh, bedroom and under the bunk bed. Really? So essentially the do- the human equivalent of by the washing machine. You would legitimately crawl on the ground and go underneath the bottom bunk of a bunk bed? Sometimes, or I would just sit on the bunk bed and plug my ears like uh, your soccer goalie. We're going to uh, get back position. to the firework. But yeah. All right, so you're crawling under the bottom bunk. Yes. Your half of your body's under the rest has to go under. You finally get under. What are you thinking now? Uh, I'm just thinking, God, I wish this loud banging would stop. Just you like feel a- safer under that second bed? No, but I feel uh, a little bit farther away from the loud crashes and booms and bangs of the fireworks. Mm. Um, that, like, my, like you know, my, my Mark's neighbor's cousin Terry was, like, shooting off right. with, like, no supervision or expertise. To me, it's just hiding underneath a table or a bunk bed or something like that presumes that rocks are falling <laughs> yeah, yeah. or it's an earthquake where walls... When it's just sparks falling from the sky, I'm just trying to see the logic where it's like under the bed is the best place for me. Yeah, again, I mean, like, well, to say that it was an irrational reaction is an understatement. Got obviously, it. Got I wasn't it. thinking with a clear head. I'm nine and scared. Got it. Oh, you know what I mean? So nine. it's like right. This is nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so have like, to remember that. Like, yeah, this isn't twenty nine. Twenty nine. Although even at twenty nine, I might do the same thing. I might join you actually. <laughs> Come under. It's fun. <laughs> uh, so it, it was really less about the sparks from the fireworks and was truly about the loud, the loud, sharp bang of each one of the yes. of each one of the explosives that yes. made me a little whatever that just but the my first concert experience was fourth grade my quote-unquote girlfriend at the time tammy you uh, dated a tammy i dated a tammy for a hot second hopefully she'll be listening tammy and adam forever if forever Tammy and adam for fourth grade <laughs> uh so her father uh bought us tickets to janet jackson okay what janet jackson tour was this uh okay so if if I was such some bad, the things I'd do to you, but you're not, and so I, I won't, then I this That tour? Uh-huh. Not the Velvet Rope, maybe the one afterwards? Uh-huh. No, Velvet Rope, because Rhythm Nation was the one previous. I okay. think this was the Velvet Rope tour, I think. Did you sing that song? In too deep. Oh, big time. And we're hardly sleep. Yep. Oh, that was so all cool. the rage. And then the ballad was, If I ever fall in love oh, with you again. That was the huge hit at the time. I mean, so it was like, I heard from a friend today, and I said you were in town. I mean, that is such so pretty. Love you, Janet. Love so you, Janet. it was Janet Jackson Velvet Rope Tour, and it came through Albany, New York, yes. at the what is now known as the Pepsi Center, but back then was the Knickerbocker Arena. Yes. So Tammy's dad, we had tickets to the concert. We were, again, in heavy quotes, dating at the time. So I was invited. It was me, Tammy, and her dad, the three of us, went to the uh, Knickerbocker Arena. Yes. At the last minute, her dad, in like a totally baller move in retrospect, went up to the box office, totally upgraded our seats yeah. from like nosebleed plebeian seats to like... Like eighth row at the arena. Marry Tammy. <laughs> Marry Tammy. Get into that family. I think somebody did. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so he got us like awesome seats, and Tammy was like super stoked, and I was like a little nervous just from like girlfriend and dad, and like I'm eleven and concert and Janet and like super close to a concert, never been that close to anything before. Cool. Yes. So we walk like all the way. To that feeling when like you don't know how good your seats are yes. to an event, and then you walk and discover every next step is like better, <laughs> yeah. closer, better, closer, closer? better. Even Close better, <laughs> exactly. Right. So that was my experience, right. going all the way down. And, and like, are we, you playing it cool? Would you say that you're kind of like strutting and just like being like, yeah, I belong here? Yeah, in in that 
in as much as I have ever been cool. Yes. Got or it. ever strutted anywhere. Yes. Which is minimal. Playing a cool is relative. <laughs> that is super relative. I hid under my bed two years previous. Fair. Because of fireworks. Right. So, like, not very cool, probably. Okay. So, walked all the way down to the eighth row or whatever, like, all, like super close. And I was like, damn, this is close. Yes. Like, didn't even have to. Like, we were we were so close that we didn't have to stand to see her if we didn't want to. Beautiful. Like, we could have sat and enjoyed the concert because we were that close to her. Okay. So, anyway. So, the concert begins. Yes. And like we're all I mean I should say like before the concert begins like we're standing and anticipating and I'm like oh my god Janet like whatever this is right. so fun this is so great. Right. I think it might have also been like Tammy's birthday so it was like her birthday gift and I tagged So along. we want this to go great for yeah. Tammy. We want her to have a lot of fun. Exactly. Yes. And like it's a charged atmosphere and like there's fans around and wearing Janet tees and I'm into it. And then the concert begins and it is so loud. The bass drops. <laughs> the bass drops. <clears throat> the fans cheer. It was like that first wave of like 50,000 people cheering. First of all, sends a surge through you that is like. And you're in front of the cheer. I am. At, and you're it, in the front row. You're receiving the cheer. I'm with It's like I could have convinced myself that they were cheering for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was the Ava Perun in this situation and I was addressing the masses. Got it. That it wasn't for Janet, that they were actually cheering for the back of my neck. So the noise comes up. What do you do? It comes in a wave and I in, and I can so clearly remember it just like sent the surge through me of adrenaline, but also like, whoa, baby, it's loud in here and I can't hear my myself think or fear two hours of this <laughs> yeah no the music hadn't even started yet and then the music started yeah and like you said the bass and you know you've been to a million concerts and you're a dj yourself the bass drops the treble kicks in there's so much stimulus i'm sure there were some pyrotechnics involved you were a part of a rhythm nation what do you expect rhythm motherfucking nation right. velvet rope tour eighth row with tammy and ed her what dad. do you do when the music comes on i'm gonna tell you billy i sat my ass right back down oh. put my head right in between my legs <gasps> covered my ears like it was a bomb threat Ew. and stayed that way for the entirety of the concert. You did a fetal position in your chair during a Janet Jackson concert? What do you think Janet Jackson was thinking when she saw this little egg, this little Jewish egg, hiding from her music? I was hiding. Excuse yourself. I should have excused myself. Say I'm going to the bathroom and come back two hours later. I, like I just need to quickly emigrate from the Rhythm Nation so I can re-immigrate when I'm ready. Wow. So we that, were bad at loud places well, I, growing up. I think so. I yeah. couldn't handle little parents, and you couldn't handle massive arenas. Massive arenas of Janet Jackson, and like I, and like it was funny because I was ducking and hiding and crouching, and like you said, sort of protecting myself the entire time, like it was a bomb threat. Um, Tammy and Ed, her father, were very sweetly concerned for me. Like, is he having a good time? Right. But the truth was, I really, really was. I was like listening to the you music. You just weren't showing it. I just wasn't showing. And it. And that's half of the concert battle. <laughs> It's a give and take between the audience and the performer. Otherwise, you could just listen to it on your <laughs> iPad or iPod. Which is what I've done since. I can only feel bad for Janet Jackson. I know. She had to watch that little <laughs> egg be terrified, and she had to keep singing. <laughs> for music. Speaking of Janet Jackson, she dated one of our favorite rappers at one point in her life. Who's Mr. That? Tupac Shakur. Oh, man. I believe they started movies together and stuff. And today, um, today is... It's June 16. Today, this comes out tomorrow the 17th. Right. And we want to uh, shout out our boy because it's his birthday. Tupac Shakur. Yeah. He wrote a lot of songs that are gangster rap, but he wrote a lot of uplifting rap too. Yeah, a lot and, of songs for his mama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say that we play a song of his called Keep Your Head Up. Great. And uh, we'll be right back. Let's do it. Happy birthday, Tupac. Something for my godson Eliza and little girl named Corinne. Some say the black of the bed. Sweet of the juice, I say the dark of the flesh, and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need and I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make mates and leave a young mother to be a cat And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women Why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women, be real to our women and if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. But keep your head up. Keep your head up, child. 
Marvin Gaye used to sing to me. He had me feeling like black was the thing to be. And suddenly the kettle didn't seem so tough. And though we had it rough, we always had enough. I hopped up about my curfew and broke the rules. Ran with the local crew and had a smoke or two. I realized mama really paid the price. She nearly gave her life to raise me right. My body lost his whole family It's gonna take the man in me to conquer this insanity It seems the rain'll never let up I try to keep my head up And still keep from getting wetter You know it's funny when it rains and pours They got money for wars but can't feed the poor Said it ain't no hope for the youth And the truth is it ain't no hope for the future And then they wonder why we crazy I blame my mother for turning my brother into a black baby We ain't meant to survive cause it's a setup By your lonesome, thanks the Lord for my kids, even if nobody else wanna. Cause I think we can make it, in fact, I'm sure. And if you fall, stand tall and come back for more. Cause ain't nothing worse than when your son wants to know why his daddy don't love him no more. You can't complain, you was dealt this hell of a hand without a man feeling helpless. Because there's too many things for you to deal with, dying inside, but outside you're looking pitiless. While the tears is rolling down your cheek. Cause if it did, you couldn't take it And don't blame me I was giving this world, I didn't make it And now my son's getting older and older and cold From having the world on the shoulders While the rich kids are driving bins I'm still trying to hold on to surviving friends And it's crazy, it seems they'll never let up But <laughs> please, you got to keep your head up that was Tupac Shakur. Keep your head up. He is truly one of our favorite MCs, rappers, social figures, yeah. human beings in the pop culture sphere. If he writes a song that's intended to get someone like hyped before a fight, it works. It works. It worked for me. It works. You play songs like Hail Mary and you're just ready to walk out of your house and take out who you need to take out. But then he plays a song like Dear Mama, Keep Your Head Up, and Changes. And it just cuts me in half. He's and it's it's really really kind of jarring and shocking as like a thirty two almost thirty three year old person to conceive that him and Biggie were both um, gunned down at like twenty four twenty five. That's yeah. crazy to me. Crazy. I'm, uh, we've talked about it a little bit. I'm quite emotionally suppressed. Uh, I find myself <laughs> I find myself just jamming it all the way down, mm-hmm. <clears throat> trying to keep a, a stasis of. Just safety in my emotions. Sure. Not healthy, but it's what I do. We can blame the patriarchy for that. Um, a good friend of mine passed away about two years ago, and it was waterworks. You know, when you don't know it's coming, it just absolutely floors you. Mm-hmm. Um, previous to that, I hadn't cried a single tear out of my eye in about 16 years. Wow. And the reason why I cried was because I found out that Tupac Shakur had died. No kidding. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I'll remember it like it was yesterday. I was sleeping at my friend, having a sleepover party at my friend Tim Kelly's house. We would stay up all night waiting for Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony (laughs) to come up on MTV. Oh my God. And when it did, we would just like, just just sing along and it was just like heaven for four minutes, like hitting the little lottery. You stay up all night. Huge hip-hop fans. We, we had this album called Death Row's Greatest Hits, and it was like a Suge Knight produced. Yes. It had all of his artists on it. We would just love this kind of rap. Yes. And then we went downstairs for breakfast the next morning, and his mom had left us a little bowl of honeydew melon. I'll remember it exactly. And we're eating there out of this honeydew melon, Thank and there was a mom. mirror. There's a mirror on the wall. And on the wall, I look into it, and his dad is reading the newspaper behind me yep. on the couch in the mirror. He opens up the mirror and uh, sorry. He, opens he, up opens, the paper. he opens up the newspaper <laughs> and on the cover of the newspaper i see in the mirror tupac shakur dead wow and i remember just dropping the piece of honeydew melon and walking out of tim kelly's house and just crying wow just crying so hard wow and then it took like 16 years <laughs> before i decided to allow myself yeah. to do that again. wow now who died first him or biggie 
Biggie. Biggie died. Uh, oh. No, that's not true. Tupac. Tupac, Tupac, Tupac. Okay, Tupac yeah. definitely died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. And you're saying that him and, he and Janet Jackson did. Was that Poetic Justice? Yeah, that something like that. Yeah. There's enough Google image search pictures <laughs> of them together that I feel comfortable assuming that they did. Yes. Right. Uh, now, before we dig back into loud places and our current experiences with, with being loud, uh, we did want to address some listener emails that we've received. Yes. Um, some, some really, really productive and interesting responses to our ghost episode, which has been making some waves with yes. our listeners. Yes. <laughs> people have actually – like we mentioned this before. People – it has unlocked something where people are like, listen, I kind of have a ghost <laughs> yeah, story too. Kind of, yeah. And people like telling them. People like – because I think there's a solidarity because it is like this irrational thing like ghosts. Like everyone has a little bit of skepticism naturally about right. it. So I think that it is liberating and inspiring and provocative to hear someone like you share your first-person actual IRL ghost tale. Right. And I think it sort of brings it out in people. Well, we received an email from uh, a dude named Jesse Summer. Yes, a good, good friend of virus. And he said that he sports podcast. Listen to all 20 episodes leading up to the ghost episode. He yes. generally is a big fan. He loves it. He was so mad. Yeah, yeah. He took he took a bit of uh, a bit of umbrage with the ghost episode. Right. He uh, wrote us a solid seven paragraph tome. email, and I thought, well, that's a long email. And then I went on our iTunes reviews, and he uh, copy and pasted that whole seven paragraph. He needs us to hear it. Yeah. Well, Jesse is fiercely uh, logical and mm. rational. He's an attorney, right. and uh, he took. Uh, yeah, I, I think that he also baked into him is a natural skepticism and cynicism when it comes to ghosts and the supernatural. Yes. And I think that he was. Uh, uh, he was sort of half joking, I think, calling us socially irresponsible for promoting these ideas of ghosts and that right. ghosts could be real. I mean, he's kidding a little bit, but he's only a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, all opinions are welcome. All. All opinions are welcome. That's right. All emails are welcome. Please. Nojokepod at gmail.com. That's right. Hit us up. Um, but we said that the If I Were You fans have kind of joined on to No Joke. Right. You guys have left all these great – you've A, subscribed, which is great. Appreciate it. And you've left all these really nice reviews. Yeah. On the iTunes podcast page. Yep. We appreciate it. Um, we've gotten – we asked people to tell us where they're listening and write the word hype. Yes. We're about 30 states in. Get out of here. We've got like – we had a waterfall of states that came in. Amazing. Hype from Montana. Yeah. Hype from Ohio. Yeah. Hype from St. Louis. Hype from Texas. It's just really great to we hear from all of you guys out there. Feeling those pins get put in that, in that theoretical map feels really good for us. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can read through some of these um, iTunes reviews if we want, but there's really just a couple that yeah. seem relevant. I'd say one that really seems relevant is somebody asked where they can get the song, I Need a Little Piece of Mind and a Little Piece of Chicken. Great question. All of our albums can be found at snakesmusic.bandcamp.com. Yep, you can go there and check out all of our albums that we made. Four of them, Bill? Yes. Four of them, yes. Yes, but, yes. and at that song in particular, Little Piece of Mind, Little Piece of Chicken, is the conclusive song on the network tape takeover. That's right. An album that we made, which we remixed a bunch of television theme songs. Yep. And wrapped over it. That's right. And that one is the Andy Griffith theme, the Mayberry Whistle. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, 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 which is so catchy. That is nice right. Little track. Yeah. And we sort of use that as a runner throughout that album, actually. Yes. Yes. Um, um, but that one, the image on the front of that one is our dear, dear friend Natalie Kuhn smashing a television with a sledgehammer. Yes. I believe it's the cover of that album. Correct. Um, so you can go and find that song there. Right. We'll skip all the reviews on iTunes, but we will encourage you guys to continue to review us there. And if you have an Android or a friend with an Android, tell them that we're on Google Play. Search Apps. the podcasts. We're there. Yes, please find us. Um, now, back to Loud Places. I think something has changed a little bit. Uh, something that I kind of want to talk about that is almost the opposite but related are quiet places. Oh. And how uh, – I feel like you and I have talked about this a lot. But um, sometimes – okay, so Loud Places are loud and the Janet Jackson concert kind of freaked me out. And Dave and & Buster's was sensory overload, obviously. Yes. Um, but we are kind of loud people and exuberant and enthusiastic and sort of vivacious People. And you we have, were. I'm sorry to interrupt, but please. you've been an actor for your most of your adult life. Yes, you were trained to have a stage voice. You got to be loud, man. You got to be loud. You got to be heard. <laughs> the people go. in the back row need to hear you. That's right. You've carried that off the stage because, frankly, all the world's a stage. Oh, oh God <laughs> Almighty! I almost just puked a little bit of my mouth. <laughs> yes, all the world is one stage. Correct. Uh, but yes, uh, so I think that sometimes now we are the agents of loud. Oh, so if a place okay. is quiet, and let's say you or me or some of our group of um, or our boisterous friends go into an establishment all of a sudden it becomes a loud place because of us accidentally loud <laughs> yeah, we are the agents of loud i'm from long island and the way to get into long island from long island to manhattan is to take the long island railroad yes that is a uh isolated 
pod of angry, pe- quiet people. <laughs> quiet? Angry, quiet people. Yeah. I mean, Long Islanders aren't usually considered quiet. Right. But it's just like hostile and hot, and no one really likes being on the yeah. Long Island Railroad. And it's just like, keep to yourself, squeeze in a seat, and shut the F up. <laughs> Well, we would like go out to Long Island to like eat at one of our parents' houses, like the nine Harvard Sailing Team members, like yes. theater kids oh, with like boy. funky bands, <laughs> <laughs> like cool patchwork jackets. Yeah. And so we're already physically loud. <laughs> yeah. Like when we walk in, it's like, oh God, it's like art kids. Jesus okay. Christ, these loud arty kids. And then we start talking. So loud. So loud. <laughs> and when you want to be, when you hang out with funny people, it's constantly a jockeying for who's being heard, whose joke is winning the war right now. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just need to be the loudest one. <laughs> sometimes that is what it becomes. And about. you're so right. We are so guilty and have been for so long of making a quiet world a little bit too loud. It's like, I think we take it for granted. Like, we are, like you said, Harvard Sailing Team is eight of us. I mean, we have like friends that extend beyond that circle, obviously. Right. And we very often travel in large ish packs. Totally. And we're loud AF. And, man. We're, and we're doing it in new york which is the loudest city on earth it just so we moved out to la four years ago right and i made some friends as did you um from orange county sure these really great guys athletic guys they're all artists they all do these like really interesting projects they're so quiet (laughs) and kind they're really nice to each other and they're supportive and they're not looking to be seen gentle they're not beta males they're very alpha in their own way but they are gentle they speak at a reasonable human volume and i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) i'm a gorilla every time i'm with them i am breaking everything they own it's we're just born loud we're too loud we have a dear dear friend julian who when he hangs out with us as a group of friends and this is so true he literally wears earplugs yeah just to hang out with us in a, <laughs> in a social situation we all went up to big bear to celebrate our birthdays which is like an annual tradition and julian and doesn't make a big deal about it and he'll probably hate that i'm saying this on the podcast but like he does it very subtly and very respectfully but he is wearing earplugs and i i said like you know i asked him i was like julian that's so funny what what are you doing? And he was like, you guys are so loud. You're, Un- you're too loud. Just beautiful. <laughs> we should all operate with that much confidence and self-assuredness with our decisions. Yeah. If you're just tired of watching two people talk, you should be allowed to put a bucket over your head. <laughs> or, yeah. I'm just tired of watching you. Bye. I'm, I'm done with you. Exactly. Too, yeah. Yeah. So we're loud. Yes, my my beloved uh, girlfriend Maggie is also incredibly loud, has a natural booming speaking voice, uh, took a speech and debate class at college recently, um, and she's very, very good at speech and debate because she's theatrical and funny and compelling, uh, but she has this incredibly loud speaking voice. Her yeah. default volume setting is max. Yes. So like uh, she did this great speech and the only uh, – she got like a perfect score except the only points that she was deducted was because the professor in, uh, in verbatim said that her voice was, quote, too booming. Oh. End quote. Too booming. Booming assumes that it's too, too everything. So too booming is laying it on fairly thick. Whoa. Yes. She was really – is that a thing? Is that coming from a place of wanting to be heard or all of the kind of like excitements and uh, like levels just being dialed up because now I'm an, on stage? I think it's an adrenaline thing for right. sure. You can either kind of curl into yourself and probably be too quiet or you can go all in and just be like, listen to me now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think – I do think it was like sort of adrenaline and like state – like her natural sort of like stage instincts kicking right. in. But you know, it's funny. We Harvard Sailing Team will go to colleges from time to time and maybe even teach a class to the local college – comedy team right and when we just give them big broad sweeping notes on how to improve your show or how to just like get little details better we always say do it fast do it loud louder faster funnier i know that was definitely sort of like one of these sort of base tenants yeah. of our sketch comedy universe so it's like why isn't this working like maybe if we just like amp up the volume and speed up the pace maybe that will fix it totally and you know what like it did more than half the time i mean that is what sort of uh, amended a especially in the live comedy context yes louder faster funnier does apply in yeah. life and then that definitely bleeds over into life That's and all of a sudden thing. we're the loud fast idiots with patchwork backpacks on the long island railroad with commuters who just want quiet it's not our fault all the world's a stage <laughs> from two reluctant actors we have to we have to agree the world is a gd stage it's a gd stage. but your friends in long island like your i know a lot of your hometown friends and it's like there is a i mean like we're talking about first of all physically i mean big in stature yes big and loud personalities yes. loud men and women that's because they're drunk yeah that probably contributes to <laughs> that's part because, of it that's because we're always drunk in long yeah, island. that's right we're just always yeah no long island it's the same thing with new york where it's just competition to be heard yeah it's like the meek will just get pushed down yes. and the big loud ones will just be heard yes. it's just this unwritten new york law but yeah it's cool i think what i was saying about quiet rooms before was that like i mean what i think about that is that the the 
because we're such innately loud people, we have these loud personalities that's like bursting forth from us. Right. That when people like you and I are forced to sit in quiet rooms, that can be a struggle. Oh. I'm ta- thinking about like school classrooms, various Church. churches and synagogues. Like this is for innately internally loud people. This is – a prison. It's actually the funniest room you could walk into. Exactly. It's like if you know that you're loud and you're not going to be able to handle this, That's... you're in for the ride of your life. Exactly. And those moments you can't fake them. When they arrive, you have to live in that giggle. Yep. That suppressed giggle is a gift from the giggle gods. <laughs> a gift from the giggle gods. One uh, one of the most efficient routes to set off a, a giggle fest yes. is to put a loud person in a quiet room and tell them to be quiet. Oh, what a cocktail. <laughs> Oh, I wish that we were giggling right now. I'm so jealous of the next time I giggle. <laughs> exactly. Um, we so, talked about loud and we talked about New York. Yeah. We got to represent for a second. Yeah. J-Lo. Let's get loud. Yeah. Let's get loud. Uh, I mean, six. we got to play that in the two hole. Can we please? I mean, love I don't know. Song. I don't know if we can, but we must. We're about to. Okay, cool. We love you, J-Lo. We love you, Tupac. Let's get loud. <sighs> Let's go. 
That was Jennifer Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo, a.k.a. Jenny from the Block. Yes. With Let's Get Loud, yes. one of the songs that you and I tend to compulsively sing almost as a tick. Yes. So, yeah. We it fall into it up. so organically. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I feel like it was like a Harvard Sailing thing maybe. It was just like, I don't know. There's something maybe. about that. Did you, had you, maybe you put that song on our Harvard Sailing team warm-up. Obviously. Yeah. I was responsible for putting all the transition music in between our shows. We would do about 15 sketches a live show. It would be about an hour long. And within that, we'd need 14 songs to kind of keep the energy up while we're changing the stage. And Billy, as literal in-house DJ, that was your responsibility. For 10 years, I made a mixtape every week week. for that show. Yes. That was a great joy of mine. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. have had it any other way. And it was always like a pleasant surprise when you would like throw a smash mouth in there. Right. Or like put the bare naked ladies, slip that in there. It was like almost for us. So the songs were... Would always modernize and the songs would always kind of like whatever's current or something cool but there was one song that I refused to take out of the mix because it starts with the craziest sound and that sound is yeah it's been <laughs> yeah it's been uh, yes bare naked ladies can I week. hear yours yeah it's been that is <laughs> a strong start bare naked ladies yeah it's been one week since you looked at me yeah really good yeah it's been yeah I mean if you have the time can one of our listeners take that little clip? It's been, and I believe YouTube allows you to put up to 10 hours of video <laughs> on one video. Is anyone bold enough out there to do a 10 hour loop of just bare naked ladies saying, It's been. <laughs> For 10 hours, you do that, and we will find a way of rewarding you. The uh, No Joke Podcast will fairly compensate you. Maybe not with money, but no. with something of equivalent value to 10 hours of it's been as though making 10 hours of it's been isn't its own reward we will double reward you the bare naked loopies the bare naked loopies we want to loop the bare naked ladies it's been hashtag it bare naked loopies <laughs> i'm having a hard time keeping a straight face over here in the studio it's been a great podcast so far it is now the third act <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking about loud places with you bill right um but uh there were some uh we did want to circle back to another uh hashtag initiative that correct. we had started a few weeks ago in our being bald episode correct uh where we had sort of set the challenge out to our listeners to come up with 24 north american politicians both male. american male both american and canadian male politicians who have active ponytails correct 24, yeah. If we reach the goal of 24, me, Adam... By July 4th. By July 4th, if we reach 24 North American politicians, male, with ponytails by July 4th, I, Adam, will grow. Will, I promise, and I vow to you, my constituents, and my listeners, I vow to grow a rat tail. We need 20 more pictures of current or one term out politicians with ponies. From either the United States of America or the Canadian States of America. And if you think that we're enjoying tweeting out the hashtag politicians with a pony, wait until you watch us tweet out the hashtag Adam's Rat. (laughs) Give me that opportunity. Give us that rat, please. So please, scour the internet. Take a few minutes out of your day, out of your busy, busy day. Right. Look around the internet for politicians, male politicians from North America with an active ponytail. There was a video in New York City of a rat carrying a slice of pizza down the stairs. It was a big one. And people called it Pizza Rat. Yep. I believe that Adam's Rat could be... One quarter as popular as Pizza Rat was on the internet. And that would be amazing. We'll take it. We'll we'll take that. So get us those 20 politicians. Please do. But we received four, all from Canada. That's right. All from Canada, one of which has already been kicked out of Congress or whatever the equivalent is, and now he is a security guard at a daytime strip club. Now, that is a job that requires a ponytail. Daytime. Daytime strip club. Yes. Ponytail. Yes. Good. Um, So we still need 20 more politicians with ponies. Absolutely. So please scour the internet and send them to us other fans have checked in we should probably talk to them real quick somebody wrote no joke pod i started listening a few weeks ago and out of nowhere i'm listening to a childish gambino album and i hear another song about chicken there you go that is (laughs) that is fat people We've, we've played that on the podcast, in fact. Yes, we have, yeah. Yes. We rap, Billy and I tend to rap about what we know about. Right. What we know about is chicken. Right. Billy, I just want to quickly detour. You were telling me offline that the Dave & Buster's cheeseburgers that you were offered last night. Yes. The cheeseburgers had two options. The starting plates. If you wanted a cheeseburger, it either needed to come with pork on top or chicken fingers on top. <laughs> When I said, where are your burgers, the waiter pointed to those two burgers. <laughs> and you're saying the burger themselves were a half pound. A half 
pound, dude. It's too much, dude. I remember when McDonald's introduced the quarter pounder, and we're like, oh, this is kind of like the big one. <laughs> this place is like, big one? A big. We're starting double that. Yeah, that's just the beef. There's another animal on top of that cow. But when you are so dialed up on video games and sugar, man, <laughs> and noise. Yeah. you go crazy, and you want the pork burger. <laughs> <laughs> that place is crazy. That is a loud place, and it is the future. <laughs> And it is crazy. It's so crazy that it's Wednesday night and it's like 11.15 and you and like 11 of your friends are jacked <laughs> right now. Not drunk, jacked, jacked on energy. And everyone's like, hey, we should grab dinner. Yeah, yeah, we should totally grab dinner. These women are married. They yeah, have yeah. children. It's, it's like 11.15. We shouldn't be grabbing dinner at Dave and Buster's after four hours of playing video games. So we did. Especially not when that dinner is a huge hunk of beef with chicken wings on top or pork. And it's just cool to see 12 <laughs> girls say, who cares? Yeah, I also want the pepperoni pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> we were great. The place was loud, but the food was great. Exactly. Your yeah. appetite can get as loud as the place. That's right. Yes. Um, another thing we got sent was a lot of people actually sent this, and it means that the American Ninja Warrior uh, request was heard. That's great. That I want to be on American Ninja Warrior. Billy is totally authentic and sincere about this. Yes. American Ninja Warrior, that is, a, I think, a totally great platform for you, Billy. I think that you could excel. Thank you. You're and welcome. while I think I would, could excel, too... A dinosaur somehow got there before me. That's right. A big, puffy, inflated dinosaur still looks like a dinosaur, a right. T-Rex. Right. We received this video of it doing the first 45 seconds of the American Ninja Warrior Challenge. Yes. And it's quite impressive. How did it do? It made it 45 seconds, wow. which is quite hard in and of itself. The yes. thing takes about 10 minutes to complete. It made it through the first 45 seconds. Wow. But T-Rex is a very small arms. A tiny little T-Rex arms. Tiny little cutie boys. That's the whole little cutie thing about those cutie boys. Exactly. So 45 seconds is quite impressive. Yes. But if there's any American Ninja Warrior related things that you think we should see... NoJokePod at gmail.com. Absolutely. We, we are, are trying to get to Billy listen. On. We're here to listen. We're here to hashtag. Um, it's been a pleasure interacting with you guys. And so <sighs> great. whatever you guys want to send to us, uh, we will engage with it. It is the No Joke Podcast. It is the third act, which means that we will try and uh, unpack what our future relationship with loud places will be. Loud places. Do you think, Adam, that for the last 10, 12, maybe 14 years of your life, you've lived in major cities? True. Places that kind of uh, keep us fulfilled, keep yes. us like fulfilled creatively, and keep the, everything just moving quick, and are loud for better or worse. Yeah, I think that it's kind of what we gravitated to. Right? Do you think at some point in your life you'd like to leave a loud place? I do. And go to the, a quiet place. I do. I think about that frequently, actually. Really? Go yeah. On. Um, we have our my aforementioned friend Sean. Uh, he and his lovely husband Luke live up in like Cold Spring, like mm. the beautiful Hudson Valley of upstate yeah. New York, which is like not quite as far upstate as I'm from originally. But still farmish, still farmish, yeah, totally farmesque, right? Backyards uh, bleed into other people's backyards. A lot of streets don't have sidewalks. Rolling green hills, like bubbling brooks and right. creeks, and it's like you know, like Ralph Waldo Emerson country out there. Uh, and that really appeals to me. Does it? All recently, I mean, that's been a relatively recent development in my adult life. I think like. I'm with Maggie, we're settled, we're, like, basically married, like, we know that we want kids. Like, I think there's some impulse in me that's like, yeah, I would like to remove myself from the loud, crazy city life at a certain point in my life. Right. Uh, and chill out on some farmish land. I right. mean, part of me does want that. And so that that would be, because, like, that, where they moved to, um, yeah. is about an hour north of Manhattan. Yeah. So there's still a train, wide, train ride access to where you need to be. Yeah. Is that what you would like to, still access to a city, or would you not even care? It could be, like, or somewhere in Oregon, far I don't know. I don't know about that, Bill. My instinct is to say I would like to be within reach of a metropolis just because culture, life, interest, I still am a, I have a brain and a soul. And it's a lot of feeding. pressure to have to entertain yourself when you're that much more isolated. You know, you kind of need to have a hobby or something that, you know, that's why farming makes sense because – it's what you do. You're self-sustaining now. Yeah. If you're going to live that far out. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? I don't know. I don't know. It's like because I know I have all this restless energy and I know that like right now at 33, if I were to move out to the country, I would be a basket case. And yeah. It would be a big mistake. Right. Big mistake. Right. Um, but I, I'm talking about like when I envision, you know, my in my 60s and my 70s. Right. Like I would really – I mean who wouldn't? Sure. I mean I'm of two minds because it's like, you know, they say that when you sort of get older, it's almost that is the perfect time to live in a city because it – all your faculties remain sharp. You still you get so much exercise. If you're like a 75 year old person living right. in New York and you're schlepping up a six floor walk up, it's right. amazing. Yeah. It almost like extends your life and at least nourishes your life force. Yeah. Or like if you move out to the country, you're like putting yourself out to pasture to die. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, like yeah. Removing yourself. Right. But I, so I don't know exactly. I think I would like at least to be within arm's reach of a city. The valley. 
<laughs> you'd move the valley. To, you'd move to the I valley. I guess I'm just saying I want to move to the valley. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's a hard thing to imagine, you know? Yeah. It's, especially when you consider yourself like a young, creative, on-the-go guy. Yeah. To not live in a city. It really like requires a second level of like self-understanding. Yeah. What do you think about yourself? I don't think I could pull it off. Yeah. Currently, yes. in my life and in where my mind is at, I don't think that I could go to a quiet place and be fulfilled. It's what like we talked about on the memory episode with travel, mm. where after like seven days or ten days of like kind of like turning energy down or doing mm-hmm. something differently, mm-hmm. I get very restless and I need to go back to a place where I just know more people Me are. And you both, I'm just not there yet. I know. I'd like to believe that the older I get, and you know, I like isolation. Like there's many a night where I tell people I'm not going to come out tonight. I'd rather just sit on my couch and do a crossword. Sounds lovely. I love that. Love it. But I don't think that I could pull that into a lifestyle. Yes. Not quite yet. Yeah, not quite yet. Absolutely. But like, I'm almost like uh, eager or I hope that my natural motor slows down so that by the time I am our parents age now, 65, 70, whatever, I hope that I do, I, I hope that I do want to just shut up. Right. And do a crossword and fall asleep. We've about joked it. about, uh, and even your mom and her friends have too, about like in our seventies, just building a commune. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Like, getting a plot of land. Yeah, we are all around each other. Harvard selling team members and our significant others are around each Why other not? so much already. Can we all just live together and right. like raise our grandkids together? Is right. that allowed? Yeah, yeah. In Israel, I believe it's called the kibbutz. I think that's well, yes, that's a communal living situation for sure. Yeah. Right, absolutely. And it wasn't loud. I went to one in Israel, and it wasn't loud. It was lovely. It was nice and peaceful. People worked hard. People ate dinner together. Yeah. It wasn't anything different than regular society, except right. that they just made it themselves. It wasn't loud. It was nice. It wasn't loud. Julian wouldn't have to wear his earplugs, maybe. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I wonder if we'll still be those loud, <laughs> annoying people the older we get. <laughs> We might be, as our hearing goes, we might actually get accidentally even more loud. Even louder. Right. That's right. Even lo- Oh, my God. Jesus, I hadn't even considered that. As our hearing goes, we will get louder. God damn it. Right. If we'll- you've seen us in public um, and you thought those guys are annoying. Just wait. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait, Hamilton. <laughs> oh, we're so loud and... <laughs> We're so proud. I literally couldn't help myself from singing just then. That's why Julian wears earplugs. Right. That's why. We find any excuse to turn it into a song. <laughs> it's a problem. Just turn it into a song. But at least we know we're annoying. Right. At least we know. Self-awareness is half the battle. That is maybe 55%. That is the theme of the episode. <laughs> that is the theme of many episodes. Yeah. And that is this, the Loud Places This was a good one. Episode. Had fun. Had fun too, man. Yeah. Another one in the books. Good talk, Bill. Episode 23. Let's do it. Hang it in the rafters. Retire the number. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's been a great podcast. It's been a delight. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. For the No Joke Podcast, I'm Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. We'll talk to you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.